Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello, once again, welcome to Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your Lodge Pass. With me, as always, is Brother Bishki. Infinite Lockdown Loop. Brother Lucas, on this hot take. Oh, the humanity. And fan favorite, Lodge Royalty, a queen of all queens, it's Sister Emily. What's up, Emily? Ooh, Emily. Not much. First hot take. This is your first hot take? Whoa, Welcome. It's an illustrious film to do this on. This is, I think, currently the number one Hulu movie. I guess they base the popularity of a streaming show off hashtags and social media uh, mentions. Oh, so like that man. is like what really? I guess constitutes like a hit. That's that can't be right. But I will oh, say there, that's, there, there, that's there, the world we're living in. But, but, but I will say there there's some credence to how Palm Springs is like Hulu's biggest title, because I noticed I think it dropped on Friday of last week because all weekend I was getting texts from my BFF and from other people that I know, like in the film community that were asking my opinion. And I was like, Jesus, like I haven't even watched it yet. Like you're in demand. The boy's in demand. Everyone wants to like know if it is as good as they think it is. (laughs) They need you to shit on it. So Emily, how excited were you for Palm Springs? You, you're a woman who's been to Palm Springs a few times. I have been to Palm Springs. I've been to Andy Samberg a few times. And I was pretty excited. Um, and I was very, very excited that this was a already popular movie for it being good, as opposed to all the other movies that I've been invited to be part of the Lodge cast for. Ooh, yeah, the yeah, Happy yeah. Time Murders was, was, a, was a particularly painful one. I missed that. That was one. a painful debut. Yeah. So you're you were primed and ready. I think I think anybody, the target audience is basically us people who have been to Palm Springs multiple times, oftentimes for weddings and just like <laughs> chilling out by the pool. You probably have some sort of function, some sort of obligation you have to be there for, but sometimes you don't. And this movie encompasses all of that. I think it's safe to say that there are twists and turns in this film. So if you plan on seeing this movie, I don't know why you would you would listen to us before you watch it, because we're going to we're going to spoil all that. So dangerous spoilers. We'll give you a one, two, three count. One, two, three. All right. Now you're in our world. This is a Groundhog Day scenario and it's a time loop. It's one of those movies. Brother Zach in his special way, he saw this movie and he texted me and he's like, have you seen Palm Springs yet? <laughs> and I responded, no, no, stop, no, stop. That was what I responded. I said, you always find a way to get in some sort of spoiler. And he's like, no, I'm not getting in any spoiler. I don't do that. I just wanted to ask you, is Groundhog Day now a genre? And I'm like, Zach... That in itself is a spoiler. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Well, the trailer, the trailer, I was already like, this is Groundhog Day. But it's a proven formula, so, you know. I but didn't... I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, you I didn't, didn't watch, watch it? the okay. trailer. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't technically know anything. I knew something was going to be up with something. The premise was, yeah, kind of revealed to me 
almost like a year ago when it premiered at Sundance, um, because when I was reading about it, everyone kept name dropping Groundhog Day. And the joke is they sold the movie to Neon. Neon was the original theatrical distributor that did uh, the movie Parasite. They were going to release it theatrically. And then, of course, COVID happened. So Hulu uh, got the, the rest of it, but pulled up quick to retrieve it. But I think it's the highest selling movie at Sundance. It was 17.5 million and 69 cents. Nice. Well, it's basically it comes down to the same deal as King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. It's all about how you feel about Andy Samberg and yes. what your tolerance is of him yes. and your acceptance level of him as a leading man. Yes. And Emily, you were already there. Arms wide open. You were ready. I guess to an extent, I totally understand that he's a fixed audience. Uh, I don't think that my dad would maybe enjoy his shtick. A little bit of like a smugness, like he's kind of in on the joke. That transcends to humor and funny to me. I mean, I, I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I can just see it easily being uh, a, a male lead because he kind of just, your eyes just follow him. I'm right there with you too. I am extremely charmed by Mr. Sandberg. How do you boys feel? Um, Definitely better uh -oh. than Pete. Definitely better than Pete Davidson. Um, you know, I know him from the Lonely Island music videos. I have not seen Pop Star Never Popping or whatever that one is. Uh, or um, Pop Hot Star Rod. Never Stop Never Stopping. I, I, but I kind of want to see that now because I've heard it's pretty good. Um, or Hot Rod I've not seen. But um, Hot so this, is, nice this is my first feature film with him. And I haven't really seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So this, so this was kind of... Um, introduction i i think i'd have to prefer pete davidson as an actor mm, over mm, no, andy no. samberg because no. oh gross i uh i haven't seen <laughs> andy samberg in anything except saturday night live and i thought he was the weakest link in it it was like hard to take him seriously as a leading man because he's uh -oh. so broad he's like mm. so plain for the back row <laughs> but i give him mad props and respect i love emily's be face right because now. because I, i'm pretty sure <laughs> discuss andy samberg created the very first like viral video and it was way back in the day when he was on SNL and he did this digital short called Lazy Sunday, which was like a music video with him and Chris Parnell. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I think that video dropped or that episode of SNL dropped like the same month YouTube was launched. So, oh, so that's a nice, so, nice combo. So people were sharing the Lazy Sunday digital short on YouTube to promote it or to like get it around. Well, let's talk about this fucking movie. Yes. So he's in Palm Springs. He's there for his girlfriend's best friend's wedding. And he keeps living the same day over and over again. So when we catch up with him, he's already full-fledged. He knows every little nuance of the day. And there's kind of a brava sequence where he's dancing through the reception and he just knows where everybody's going to be. He knows to push a chair under a drunk guy who's about to fall over. And he's doing this all to impress the bride's sister who becomes the love interest in the film. And she is Kristen Milioti, who yes. I knew from the Fargo TV series, who was very good in that. And I thought she was really good in this, personally. Yeah, I thought what she did was you guys think? I thought she was the, the highlight, basically. I, I mean, I, uh, Andy Samberg, you know, was functional, I thought, in terms of... Um, <laughs> 
but, but functionally I, humorous. I, I, I thought she was good. But I thought I, she was the heart of it. I, yeah. I felt they were like brother and sister, though. I would have cast somebody a little more mm. physically different in terms of the contrast, because like, I don't know, they just seemed they were too similar in in like, I don't know physique or something it was weird for me i really liked her she had such an interesting look and she also just captured a certain element of sadness and darkness that helped with the big reveal later on in the movie that she was sleeping with uh, her sister's i guess groom there's a lot of little reveals and i i watched this with the lodge mistress and every time there was a twist i turned to her and i'm like did you see that coming and she was like yes of course i saw that coming yeah but tellingly she didn't see the first twist coming she didn't see the time loop coming and she's like did you know this was groundhog's day and i was like sort of so that just proves <laughs> that it is a surprise if you don't know what you're getting into. It certainly but was for me. Basically. I didn't see a preview. I didn't know what I was watching. I thought it was I was all down for an Andy Samberg Palm Springs wedding, you know, heist. Nice. <laughs> heist. <laughs> they steal the wedding cake. I like how quickly it dives in. We got Peter Gallagher there. Like you can tell the script, Love having the script Peter is Gale going Gallagher places. On hand. Yeah. The running time was sweet. It was like 89 minutes, which is mm -hmm. pretty amazing. So I appreciated its fast pace and that like everything was happening at a steady clip. And it, yeah, it does throw us into the fun and games of being in a time loop pretty quickly. Like we see, you know, that Sandberg is he's been there and done that, but he's showing her this new world. So we get to kind of see it through her eyes. And that that is kind of the main twist from Groundhog's Day is that now it's two people and in actuality, three people that are experiencing this loop because J.K. Simmons is out hunting Samberg because he accidentally got thrown into the loop and he's pissed, which is a, a, a pretty interesting side plot. And, and hunting him with a bow and arrow, which is oddly specific, right? Yeah. So he's he's popping up as kind of the T-1000 character throughout and you know we've been punished with runtimes lately and it is nice to have a short runtime but that's where i feel like this movie could have dug deeper like i feel like everything was pretty surface like n nothing went beyond the realm of cute for me like this is a cute movie and i kind of have to put it in the zone of a laundry folding movie like mm. it's it, it's a great laundry folding movie, you know, like it, it doesn't demand that much of you. But I wish that it did. Whenever it threatens to go deeper, it stays at this kind of safe distance, which I don't know. It feels like in a world where all of these people that made this movie were raised on Groundhog Day, they'd want to push it forward rather than kind of just stay in the same milieu. It would have been so nice to see uh, when Andy Samberg's character described all the things that he did to try to get out of it or test it, including flying to Papua New Guinea. I think I would have liked yeah. to have seen that drawn out more. Um, even you know, but the, but the budget wasn't there too. Yeah, this this to me was a student feature because it was so. Uh oh, it was student feature certified. Yes, 
Certified. I was just appalled at how cheap the whole thing looked, Uh-oh. And, mm. and like the vi- the visual effects were like like 1998 After Effects quality, Uh-oh. and like the poor Here man's the, the, the poor man's process of driving at night. You know when he gets the flat tire and the, like there's so many things where I was just like, oh my god, they must have shot this for like 200 grand. Like, that's what it felt like. You know, everyone deferred their salaries. J.K. Simmons deferred his salary. And then the irony is they sell it for like $20 million and everyone gets rich, you know, paid. I mean, it's definitely a low budget movie, but within like the lower your budget, the more ambitious you have to be with the script. I feel like even in a comedy, you can push things forward, you know, and Ah, it just I just don't feel like it got there, but maybe it didn't want to go there. And I'm trying to put a square peg in a round hole here. Yeah, I wish I like know. I wish I wish it had more of a budget because I just feel like there was yeah, there's so much more they could do with it. And since they didn't have the budget, then you're right. It needs like better, you know, audition scenes or monologues or or dialogue <laughs> or a better, stronger actor than Andy Samberg, who, come on, let's face it, is great as an improv actor, but as a leading man in a feature film. I, I mm. don't know. I It got me thinking, even though it doesn't dive deep into philosophy, I, I felt it could be shown at like a philosophy 101 class maybe or something but it, it, it deeply 101 deeply deeply, deeply existential 101 but but it's also timely because we're living in a loop kind of now i mean as, as yes. long as you're as long as you're um locked down like we are then you're living in kind of a, a, an infinite time loop right now and, and you're asking some of these yes. existential 101 questions and so i I thought it went deep enough for 90 minutes. Um, I I wrote that down, too. His explanation of the time loop did remind me of this COVID era. Hopefully it's just an era. But he's he's like, you know, he really found peace when he stopped, when he learned to stop trying to make sense of everything and just make peace with the fact that nothing really matters anymore. You know, which is a which is a dark way to look at life right now. But we've all woken up in the middle of these weeks that just turn into months. And we're like, what, what even is life right time? Now? You know? Yeah. What's time? <laughs> yeah, what, I, what's time? Time. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Exist. And I thought JK Simmons had the key line of the movie. Like you got to find your Irvine. So you got to find, find your Irvine. Uh, and that was lifted wholesale from Wes Anderson's Rushmore. She's my Rushmore max. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. But, 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 mm, but within that, this movie. Okay. 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 <laughs> and what it means is, is, is that he finally stops hunting Andy Samberg. J.K. Simmons lives in Irvine in this movie, and he just stays in Irvine and hangs out with his family. And he's yeah, he accepts peace. he accepts the time loop that he's in, and and just realizes it's a happy day, and I just have to keep living my life like this, or I'm going to go insane with pain. Right. Another thing that kind of follows in the steps of Groundhog Day, I felt, was we understand the premise. Then there's a bunch of fun and games when he's killing himself over and over, getting into trouble, getting into hijinks. And then once the love story kicks in, the comedy kind of drops off or tapers off or falls off a cliff, however you want to see it. Emily, what did you think? Are you not, you're not, you don't agree with that? It's all fun and games, but then when the love starts to grow or the pain is real. <laughs> but you can still be funny. You can still be funny, I feel. And this movie feels like it chose one track for a while, at least, before it 
brought everything back together. I like a romantic comedy and I like highs and lows. <laughs> so Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. But I felt the same way, Lodge Master. I felt like I loved the first hour a lot more than the second half. And I felt, yeah, it definitely stops in its tracks when it has those audition scenes where they start to get to know one another. And it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, and I feel like they, they, they do a lot of it when they're taking a mushroom trip. So it's like kind of built into mushrooms that it's kind of slows way down. And he's just like pondering and it, it's just for me the comedy fell off there and the, but there is a nice scene where they hallucinate that some some rocks become dinosaurs and they're walking around i guess you fall in love when you see that so well, i, and I we see that, the dinosaurs but, at the end so what does that mean you do see the dinosaurs at the end so maybe it means life is but a dream you know, like, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to, Nothing I is wanted real. to address the dinosaurs at the end, because I know that in Palm Springs, when you drive on the 10 freeway, when you're headed east, there's this like dinosaur exhibit with uh, like a giant dinosaur statue. Yeah, yeah. Pee Wee Herman. I, uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure has a scene at the end there. But like, I didn't understand if that was what it was referencing or if they were li alive. Like, I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Now. I thought it was a glitch in time. Mm. And that it showed she tried to beat it by, you know, going into the cave and blowing themselves up at that exact right moment. And they thought they were in the clear, but really there's still something wacky. They're not back in the regular world. Ah, Something's still up. Yeah, I, I think I think that would have landed harder if they were closer to the foreground because they were so distant because of the budget and the lack of effects. I was like, is that a is that a tourist? Or, tourist? <laughs> or they just didn't want it. They didn't want that to be the point. And they wanted some people, some astute observers to see them in the distance. But you know what's crazy? If you hadn't brought it up just now, I would have completely forgotten it like it was a race from my mind and i watched it last night so go figure my big qualm with this and again i think this movie's cute it's heartwarming it's heartwarming and it, it you know there's plenty of smiles and giggles to be had but when they bust out the kate bush music cue at the end when they're about to try to blow themselves out of this time loop I, I get a little upset at that. I, I feel like I'm a little protective of Kate Bush music usage in popular culture. And the, the way that they just, they butchered, they butchered her song. What are you talking about? Did you hear the way they cut it up oh. so that it hit it hit just at, at all the points that they wanted from the song? They disregarded the verse, they disregarded the buildup, and they just went straight to the... No, you, you can't, no. I, I do not accept that. Okay, and that's okay. a personal qualm of well, that's mine. That's something a commercial would do. Exactly, Emily. And it, I found it to be very distasteful. I don't know. If I thought gonna... it was a good music drop. They also dropped Genesis is the Brazilian when she's studying astrophysics or whatever. That and... was that was much more impactful for me. But yeah. for Kate Bush, I just have, I have personal reasons why you don't mess with the integrity there. Okay, play the full song or nothing at all. Borderline criminal. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I hear you. Like, I feel like you got to earn your music supervision. And you got to earn your needle, you earn your needle drops. And like, I yeah, I felt like you're you're trying to like have your cake and eat it too. And it's like, dude, come on. That'd be like if Groundhog Day had like 
a Bob Dylan song or something. You know what I mean? It's just or like, Adagio, like Adagio <laughs> for strings. Yeah. You don't overreach. Don't overreach, yeah, guys. No, it's like, the wrong know, it's the wrong know genre. What you it's are. the wrong genre. Yeah, because here's what's interesting. Off the Kate Bush song sound cue topic, I think I read a headline, a uh, clickbait headline, which I didn't click on, but it was like Andy Samberg mm. says that his initial idea was to make leaving Las Vegas in Palm Springs. Right. And then it slowly yeah, turned. It was, it was the writer of the movie that said that it was supposed to be a lot darker. So then I see the Kate Bush. I'm like, oh, OK, if you're doing yes. that version, then you can have that. But not I mean, look, if we're watching this version, you need Smash Mouth or something. <laughs> and there's and there's there's almost that point where you see Emily shaking her head. She does not like the Smash Mouth cue. But I got to stop trying to shove it into this deeper picture. Yeah, you, know? you really should take it back a notch and just enjoy it like a summer song or like a beach read yes. and just say hey yes. that was a fun hour and a half of my life it kind of had some science in it so i wasn't completely like brain dead the whole time i'm yep. with emily this went down easy i think you guys are having too many reservations like just enjoy the rom-com something that i thought that was interesting that was just a fine like moment just really quick and i think maybe she showed up again was the older lady I don't the grandma, yes. the woman from About Schmidt that she she comes yes. and she says that she's been June to many Squib. weddings. What's her name? Jeannie Squib. June Squib. Squib. That's a great Squib. name. She says that she's Squib. been to many weddings and she says that you got to be going now. She knows she's what's she's she's an example of a looper that's accepted this yes. life and is super happy and peaceful. And it kind of made me think how many other loopers are here. So I actually don't yeah. think it was as surface as, as I think you guys uh, thought it was. I thought that was a great moment, too. But it, to me, it just hinted at a deeper movie, which is fine. Like it's it gets to be fun, but it gets to hint at something deeper. I'm on I'm on your side. I'm just cranky about it. Let's go to damn Palm Springs Bound. All right. I think I can map where the love and light is in this crew. So we're going to stagger it a little bit. Sister Emily, let's just let's just continue on with you. What do you got here? Listen, it was a fun <laughs> hour and a half ride. I like Andy Samberg. I thought he was charming. I also liked the lead woman. I thought that she was very interesting, even though I don't think I've seen her in anything before. Um, and I think that it was an interesting story it could have gone deeper it could have been a mini series you know and i probably would have watched it all the way through sure i will say that it is three bones three bones from sister emily that sounds about right brother lucas lay waste to the desert <laughs> yeah no i love groundhog day i love palm springs you love palm springs the vacation destination yeah the geographic area i've been to a <laughs> wedding in palm springs i've been to a wedding in joshua tree i've been to a wedding like in all kinds of desert scenarios so this spoke to me this like i related to this a lot and I even dated a girl who went to Palm Springs for her own wedding and floated in a pool on a pizza slice inflatable. Um, so that was like the simulation, wow. the simulation, just like pissing in my face, I guess. Um, <laughs> but this is this is definitely like a two bone movie if I've ever seen Ooh. one. However, wow. However, uh -oh. the first half, like those first like 30, 45, 60 minutes 
there it's like there's so many jokes that are flying so fast that I was laughing more consistently out loud than I have in a long time. So for those extra oh. so for those extra laughs, I have to give it a full extra bone. So I have to go with Sister Emily. This is a three, three bone movie that I can tell my family what? to check out. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I'm glad when we match. And on the family front, it it I just have to add that you know, it does say at the beginning, this is intended for mature audiences only. And I feel like people just glaze over that at this point. Like mom, dad, kids gather around the, the telly. We got the Lonely Island guy in a movie. We're going to watch it together. They're not even going to look at that rating suggestion. And then within one minute of screen time, Andy Samberg is masturbating. Correct. This is the highest streamed movie on Hulu and families are just jumping in this together. And I love, I love that. All sorts of flustered dads muting and jumping in front of the TV. It's great. Anyway, Brother Bishke, what do you got here? I, I feel like you're going to go big. Yeah, well, I'm I'm loving light all the way. I think, um, you know, I saw the trailer, so I was like, this is Groundhog Day all over again. But you know what? It's a proven formula to explore... A lot of things, I think. You know, yeah, you there's live, a movie die, called repeat. Time Crimes, which is also very yeah. good. Or Live, Die, Repeat, uh, Ed, Edge of Tomorrow. You know, you, you do. There's a lot you can do when you get into this repetition. Happy Death uh, Day, right. Happy Death Day Two. Yeah, yeah. Happy there's Death a, Day to You was the official title. <laughs> yeah, so there's plenty to explore in this genre that Zach has defined of Groundhog yeah. Day, which is why I feel it's really two bones. Because if you don't like the Groundhog Day aesthetic, you're fucking dead in the water bishki feel free to continue with your bone cut no it's 90 minutes i th I, th I didn't think it was student feature i thought it was well directed i mean i, th I think the cg uh, some of the effects were student feature but but um but that's probably more budgetary but i thought it was well written well acted i thought christine miliati was kind of the heart of it i, I really enjoyed her performance yeah. i have never seen her before so i can't say i laughed a ton i think it was it mm -hmm. i think it's probably more on the romantic side than the comedy side <laughs> But um, but it's a three bone rom com in my terms. We got three three bones, Lodge Master. What are you gonna do? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, listen, I I got a lot of problems with it, you know. But sometimes I have the most. I complain the most when a movie is almost ascending to another level, you know. Whereas if I didn't have any expectations or if something didn't give me reason to have any grand expectations, you know, I might be seem like I'm rooting for it more. But this movie was three and a half bones for me for a good long stretch of it. I thought it was well directed, very well edited. They knew all the cool moves to do with these time loop movies. And it was moving along great. It was crackling. And then Emily, by gum, it hit that romance. And mm. I just, I zone out a little bit, you know, because it, it, it just starts hitting beats that I've seen before. So if it had subverted that a little bit more, I probably would have been more into it. I probably would have kept that three and a half. But as it is, I got to bring it back down to three. We're three across the board. Oh, okay. Springs. Three. Often does that happen? That's very That does rare. not happen. That does not happen. Three wishes, three deaths, three Trinity. That's exactly right, Lucas. And I am impressed with your love and light and your fortitude to push your bone count, your two bones up to three. I really It was the laughs, that. man. There were so many good laughs. Like the scene where he's just weeping. And the guy that like was fucking him in an alternate reality is like, dude, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm in love with her. And he's like, but you don't even know her <laughs> or something. It's yeah. like, 
I don't know. There were some great moments. So can I ask you guys, would you want to be in a loop? I am. (laughs) We already are. I don't think I'd want to leave that loop. If it was Palm Springs at a wedding, I don't think I'd want to leave. I'd be fine with that loop. Because some of the best sex I've ever had is in Palm Springs. That's... Just enough info. The Ace Hotel, that, ladies and gentlemen. That's where I thought that I thought they could could have just stayed in in terms of the ending. I thought they could have stayed in the loop to not give it the Groundhog Day. Let's move it forward. Let's just stay in the loop and be happy. Find your Irvine. Those dinosaurs were in the shot, so maybe they were still in the loop, but maybe a wider loop. Who knows? I don't know. I thought I a thought a prehistoric that loop to veer from the Groundhog Day. They should have stayed in the loop. But anyway, that's yeah. that was just one possible you wouldn't have to wear a mask if you were in the loop <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <true. laughs> on that cheery note sister emily anything anything more to add on the tale of palm springs no i think i finished it thank you i think you got out of the loop thank you for coming on tonight and uh logging into hulu for the cause oh you're very welcome seven day trials all around nice <laughs> Love and light and lockdown loop forever. Love and light. Love and light. Peace.